Welcome, I am your host, and this is the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of my new podcast, Unanswered Questions, where every week we will endeavour to discuss a mysterious unsolved case that has many lingering unanswered questions. So I hope you enjoy and as always leave me some feedback on what you think about the show and rate it as well. Now on to the show. This week we'll be talking about Satoshi Nakamoto. So Satoshi Nakamoto is the name used by the presumed synonymous person or persons who developed Bitcoin, authored the Bitcoin white paper and created and deployed Bitcoin's original reference implementation. As part of the implementation, Nakamoto also devised the first blockchain database. Nakamoto was active in the development of Bitcoin up until December 2010. Many people have or have been claimed to be Nakamoto. Now we get into the development of Bitcoin. So Nakamoto stated that work on the writing of the code for Bitcoin began in 2007. On the 18th of August 2008, he or a colleague registered the domain name Bitcoin.org and created a website at that address. On the 31st of October, Nakamoto published a white paper on the cryptography mailing list at metsdowd.com describing a digital cryptocurrency titled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. On the 9th of January 2009, Nakamoto released version 0.1 of the Bitcoin software on SourceForge and launched the network by defining the Genesis block of Bitcoin block number 0, which had a reward of 50 Bitcoins. Embedded in the Coinbase transaction of this block is the text, The Times of 3rd Jan 2009, Chancellor on Brink of Second Bailout for Banks. Quote, citing a headline in the UK newspaper The Times published on that date. This note has been interpreted as both a timestamp and a derisive comment on the alleged instability caused by fractional reserve banking. Nakamoto continued to collaborate with other developers on the Bitcoin software until around mid-2010, making all modifications to the source code himself. He then gave control of the source code repository and network alert key to Gavin Anderson, transferred several related domains to various prominent members of the Bitcoin community, and stopped his recognized involvement in the project. On April 23rd of 2011, Nakamoto sent Bitcoin core developer Mike Hearn a brief email. Quote, I've moved on to other things, he said, referring to the Bitcoin project. The future of Bitcoin, he wrote, was in good hands. End quote. In his wake, Nakamoto left behind a vast collection of writings, a premise on the workings of Bitcoin, and the most influential cryptocurrency ever created. Bitcoin runs through an autonomous software program that is mined by people seeking Bitcoin in a lottery-based system. Over the course of the next 20 years, a total of 21 million coins will be released. To date, about 90% of Bitcoin, or about 18.7 million, have been mined. Nakamoto owns between 750,000 to 1,100,000 Bitcoins. As of November 2021, that puts his net worth at up to 73 billion US dollars, which would make him the 15th richest person in the world. Now, here's the really interesting part about Bitcoin, okay? So, Nakamoto has never revealed personal information when discussing technical matters, though has at times provided commentary on banking and fractional reserve banking. On his P2P foundation profile as of 2012, Nakamoto claimed to be a 37-year-old male who lived in Japan. However, some speculated he was unlikely to be Japanese due to his native-level use of English. Some have considered that Nakamoto might be a team of people. Dan Kamininsky 
a security researcher who read the Bitcoin code, said that Nakamoto could either be a team of people or a genius. Laszlo Hanks, a developer who emailed Nakamoto, had the feeling the code was too well designed for one person. Gavin Anderson has said of Nakamoto's code, quote, he was a brilliant coder, but it was quirky, end quote. The use of British English in both source code comments and forum postings, such as the expression bloody hard, terms such as flat and maths, and the spelling grey and colour, led to speculation that Nakamoto, or at least one individual in a consortium claiming to be him, was of Commonwealth origin. The reference to London Times newspaper in the first Bitcoin block mined by Nakamoto suggested to some a particular interest in the British government. Stephen Thomas, a Swiss software engineer and active community member, graphed the timestamps for each of Nakamoto's Bitcoin forum posts, more than 500 of them. No mean feat. The chart showed a steep decline to almost no posts between the hours of 5am and 11am Greenwich Mean Time. This was between 2pm and 8pm Japan Standard Time, suggesting an unusual sleep pattern for someone supposedly living in Japan. As this pattern held true even on Saturdays and Sundays, it suggested that Nakamoto consistently was asleep at this time. In public messages and even in private messages that were later released, Nakamoto never spoke about anything personal nothing biographical or about the weather or things happening locally. Everything was about Bitcoin and its code. Nakamoto used two email addresses and one website. The identity of the person who registered them is blocked. There is no other public information and in an age which it is hard to be anonymous, Nakamoto remains a ghost. Now we come to the possible identities of Nakamoto. So the true identity of Nakamoto is unknown even to this very day, but speculations have focused on various cryptography and computer science experts, mostly of non-Japanese descent. The first of these being Hale Finney. So Hale Finney, who was born on 4th of May 1956 and died on the 28th of August 2014, was a pre-Bitcoin cryptographic pioneer and the first person, other than Nakamoto himself, to use the software, file bug reports and make improvements. He also lived a few blocks from a man named Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto. According to Forbes journalist Andy Greenberg, Greenberg asked the writing analysis consultancy Jola and Associates to compare a sample of Finney's writing to Nakamoto's and found it to be the closest resemblance they had yet come across, including when compared to candidates suggested by Newsweek, Fast Company, The New Yorker, Ted Nelson and Sky Gray. Greenberg theorized that Finley may have been a ghostwriter on behalf of Nakamoto, or that he simply used his neighbor Dorian's identity as a drop or patsy whose personal information is used to hide online exploits. However, after meeting Finney, seeing the emails between him and Nakamoto and his Bitcoin wallet's history, including the very first Bitcoin transaction from Nakamoto to him which he forgot to pay back, and hearing his denial, Greenberg concluded that Finley was telling the truth. Joler and Associates also found that Nakamoto's emails to Finney more closely resemble Nakamoto other writings than Finney's do. Finney's fellow extirpation and sometimes co-blogger Robin Hansen assigned a subjective probability of at least 15% that Hale was more involved than he said before further evidence suggested that this was not the case. Now we come to Dorian Nakamoto. So in a high-profile 6th of March 2014 article in the magazine Newsweek, journalist Lee McGareth Goodman identified Dorian Prentence Satoshi Nakamoto, a Japanese-American living in 
California whose birth name is Satoshi Nakamoto as the Nakamoto in question. Besides his name, Goodman pointed to a number of facts that circumstantially suggested he was the Bitcoin inventor. Trained as a physicist at California State Polytechnic University Pomona, Nakamoto worked as a systems engineer on classified defense projects and computer engineering for technology and financial information services companies. That's a mouthful. Nakamoto was laid off twice in the early 1990s and turned libertarian according to his daughter and encouraged her to start her own business, quote, not under the government's thumb, end quote. In the article's seemingly biggest piece of evidence, Goodman wrote that when she asked him about Bitcoin during a brief in-person interview, Nakamoto seemed to confirm his identity as a Bitcoin founder by stating, and I quote, I am no longer involved in that, and I cannot discuss it. It's been turned over to other people. They are in charge of it now. I no longer have any connection. End quote. The article's publication led to a flurry of media interest, including reporters camping out near Dorian Nakamoto's house and subtly chasing him by car when he drove to do an interview. Later that day, the synonymous Nakamoto's P2P Foundation account posted its first message in five years, stating, and I quote, I am not Dorian Nakamoto, end quote. During the subsequent full-length interview, Dorian Nakamoto denied all connection to Bitcoin, saying he had never heard of the currency before and that he had been misinterpreted. Goodman's questions about being about his previous work for military contractors, much of which was classified. In a Reddit's Ask Me Anything interview, he claimed he had misinterpreted Goodman's question as being related to his work for Citibank. But uh, the main reason I'm here is to clear my name that I have nothing to do with Bitcoin, nothing to do with developing um, I was just an engineer doing something else. Okay. And if you look at the time span, 2001, when it was supposed to be developed, uh, I wasn't there. I was working for the government through a contracting company. That's not me. Okay. I never communicated with Bitcoins. Okay. Okay. Um, Leah wrote all this? Yeah. Uh, 2010 to 2000. I was at home. Okay. I wasn't working for anybody. Okay. I just believe that somebody put that fictitious name in there. Mm -hmm. Satoshi Nakamoto and Bitcoin. In September, the P2P Foundation account posted another message saying it had been hacked, raising questions over the authenticity of the message six months earlier. Now we move on to Nick Sarsbo. So in December of 2013, blogger Sky Gray linked Nick Sarsbo to a Bitcoin white paper using an approach he described as stylometric analysis. Sarsbo is a decentralized currency enthusiast and had published a paper on Bitgold, one of the precursors of Bitcoin. He's known to have been interested in using pseudonyms in the 1990s. In a May 2011 article, Sasbo stated about the Bitcoin creator, and I quote, Myself, Wide Eye, and Hal Finney were the only people I know of who liked the idea, or in Dai's case, his related idea, enough to pursue it to any significant extent until Nakamoto, assuming Nakamoto was not really Finney or Dai. End quote. Financial author Dominic Frisby provides much circumstantial evidence, but as he admits, no proof that Nakamoto is Sasbo. Sasbo has denied being Nakamoto. In a July 2014 email to Frisby, he said, and I quote, Thanks for letting me know. I'm afraid you've got it wrong doxing me as Satoshi, but I'm used to it. End quote. Nathaniel Popper wrote in the New York Times that the most convincing evidence pointed to a reclusive American man of Hungarian descent named Nick Sasbo. 
Then we come to probably one of the most controversial people on this list, that being Mr. Craig Wright. So on the 8th of December 2015, Wired wrote that Craig Stephen Wright, an Australian academic, either invented Bitcoin or is a brilliant hoaxer who very badly wants us to believe he did. Craig Wright took down his Twitter account and neither he nor his ex-wife responded to press inquiries. The same day, Gizmodo published a story with evidence supposedly attained by a hacker who broke into Wright's email accounts claiming that Satoshi Nakamoto was a joint pseudonym for Craig Stephen Wright and computer forensics analyst David Kleiman, who died in 2013. Wright's claims are supported by John Matonis, former director of the Bitcoin Foundation and Bitcoin developer Gavin Anderson. My name is Craig Wright and I'm about to demonstrate um, a signing of a message with the public key that is associated with um, the first transaction ever done on Bitcoin. And who does the world think did that first transaction? What's the name associated with that first transaction? The monkeyer is Satoshi Nakamoto. So you're going to show me that Satoshi Nakamoto is you? Yes. Some people will believe, some people won't. And to tell you the truth, I don't really care. But you can say, hand on heart to me, I am Satoshi Nakamoto. I was the main part of it other people help me. Why did you feel though that you had to come out or, and why did you feel you had to keep secret for so long? I would prefer to be secret now. I don't think I should have to be out there. There's nothing owed to the world where I have to come out and say I am X, I am Y. I mean no one needs to do that. It is my right not to say I did something, if I release a paper that actually benefits people, why do I have to actually take credit for it? Why do I? Wouldn't you be proud to be known as Satoshi Nakamoto? Yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to bounce around in front of TV cameras. Uh, you could say you've invented something amazing and that you'd want to, you want to say, I am the man who invented this. I want to work. I want to keep doing what I'm doing and that's what I'm going to do. And I don't work and invent and write papers and code by coming in front of TVs. I don't want money, I don't want fame, I don't want adoration, I just want to be left alone. I mean one of the stories that came out was that you were under investigation by the Australian tax authorities. Was that true and is, is, is that anything I have, to do with this? No, I have companies that are under audit. The reason for that is we have told the ATO everything. We have told them about the tax um, issues and implications. We actually put in everything with the auditors. We were using uh, KPMG and, and a number of tax lawyers at the time and we had internal audit and we supplied that to the tax office so that we could try and pay the correct amount of tax. And because no one understands Bitcoin very well and no one understands it, uh, the timing or anything like that, then it's still an ongoing matter. So we have lawyers negotiating how much tax I owe. Because people assume that Satoshi Nakamoto must be fabulously rich. The inventor of Bitcoin must have vast stores of Bitcoin and therefore be incredibly rich. What matters isn't how much I have, it's when I use it. Because I've got an asset class that has gone up in value, doesn't mean I pay tax on it now. I pay tax when it's deployed, only on the bits that are deployed, no more. And are you planning to deploy, as you put it, any of that Bitcoin? I've deployed enough and I'm happy where I am. 
I'm not looking for money. And this is one, one comment I want to make to people. I don't want money. I don't want help. And I'm categorically going to say this, and I'm making sure that things are being put in place with lawyers and whatever else. If anyone puts me up for awards or anything like that, I will never, ever accept a cent. Ever. If you put me for a Nobel Prize, if you put me for an ACM Turing Medal, if you put me up for some honour, I will never accept a cent from any of you for anything. Why now? Why have you decided to identify yourself as Satoshi Nakamoto? I didn't decide. I had people decide this matter for me. And they're making life difficult, not for me, but my friends, my family, my staff. I have staff here in London, I have staff overseas, and they want to be private. They don't want all of this to affect them. And I don't want any of them to be impacted by this. None of it's true. There are lots of stories out there that have been made up. And I don't like it hurting those people I care about. So I'm going to do this once and once only. I'm going to come in front of the camera once and I will never, ever be on a camera ever again for any TV station or any media, ever. A number of prominent Bitcoin promoters remained unconvinced by the reports. Subsequent reports also raise a possibility that the evidence provided was an elaborate hoax, which Wyatt acknowledged cast doubt on their suggestion that Wright was Nakamoto. Bitcoin developer Peter Todd said that Wright's blog post, which appeared to contain cryptographic proof, actually contained nothing of the sort. Bitcoin developer Jeff Garzik agreed that evidence publicly provided by Wright does not prove anything, and security researcher Dan Kaminsky concluded Wright's claims were intentional scammer. In May of 2019, Wright started using English libel law to sue people who denied he was the inventor of Bitcoin and who called him a fraud. In 2019, Wright registered US copyright for the Bitcoin white paper and the code for Bitcoin 0.1. Wright's team claimed that this was government agency recognition of Craig Wright as Satoshi Nakamoto. The United States Copyright Office issued a press release clarifying that this was not the case, as they primarily determine whether a work is eligible for copyright and do not investigate legal ownership, which, if disputed, is determined by the court. He pledged to prove he was Nakamoto by moving some of those early Bitcoins. Unfortunately, to this date, he hasn't done so. In recent years, Mr. Wright has tried to litigate his claim. He has filed for patents on Bitcoin software, even though it was released as an open source project, and sued a podcast host who publicly ridiculed his claim for defamation. Mr. Wright himself was sued by the family of a deceased colleague named Dave Kleiman. The suit claimed that Messrs. Wright and Kleiman developed Bitcoin together as part of a business partnership, and that Mr. Wright owed Mr. Kleiman's family half of those 1 million Bitcoins. The jury, however, found no evidence that the two created Bitcoin together. If they had, Mr. Wright could have been legally compelled to sell some of those Bitcoins to help pay any monetary awards. Let's go back to the religious analogy. Like, I mean, you never met Jesus. Why, why go to church on Sunday? You know, it's, there's, there's an aspect of faith to all of these things, and including money in general. Are you comparing Satoshi Nakamoto to Jesus? I, I think there's a lot of really applicable analogies there. Really? Absolutely. 100%. Whoa. So, well, I mean, it's 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 somebody people people disagree whether or not like who he is, whether it's one person or many. Uh, you know, what was he? Re In fact, there's there's all kinds of people on the internet. What was it? An AI from the future? Has he come back? You know, like he was Jewish though, for sure. 
But, but some Satoshi or Jesus? <laughs> Both of them. So, so Jesus is from the tribe of Judah, and yes, it's very to, much to, a... To help Adam understand better, you could say Satoshi is more like Biden. You never know where he's they, at. Like, they, you, you know, just to yeah. help you, you know... Yeah, right. He's making peace around yeah, the world. Just, so, but go ahead. In, in my opinion, Satoshi yeah. Nakamoto is an Australian man. <laughs> is a, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, that Craig Wright is the primary architect of Bitcoin. I believe he wrote the white paper... And you just pissed a lot of people oh, off. Oh, I know. It, this is the you single most this is the most unpopular thing. In fact, I guarantee you're lighting up right now with ah, oh, this guy's a scammer, kick him out, your your reputation's done. Yeah. Craig Wright, um, so Craig Wright is right now in, in Miami. Yeah, there's a lawsuit going on right now Correct. in the, Florida. The largest private lawsuit of all time. There's about hundred and sixty billion dollars being asked they're for saying, by the They're plaintiff. saying that it's the trial of the century. Mm-hmm. It was OJ, now it's Satoshi. Do you know who started calling it the trial of the century? Just Lane Maxwell's lawyers. That's you? Guy. That's oh, you? really? That's, That's you? my line. So, <laughs> Lane Maxwell's lawyers. Well <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Focus very hard on that. So, Do please. not look yeah. here. Look over there, please. And, and when you say Miami, there's Art Basel going on this week. It's a big deal. There's a lot of yep. NFT crypto stuff going on at the Art Basel Art, yep. obviously. Then there's the um, DeFi conference going yep. on near the airport. Is that mm-hmm. why... Craig Wright's in town? Is that why? No, no. Craig Wright is in town at federal court. He is oh, okay. likely at the there Wilkie D. Ferguson federal court building right now. The jury Wilkie's. is actually deliberating. The case is over, and the jury is currently deliberating. We're actually expecting a verdict today. But it's a civil suit. It's, it's a civil suit, not a criminal suit. It is a civil suit yeah. between the estate of Dave Kleiman, which okay. which says that Dave was 50% of, of the Satoshi Nakamoto team. And then Craig Wright says, absolutely, he was not a business partner in any regard. He was my dear friend. He did help me edit the white paper, but he always helped me edit white papers. He was essentially a contractor who was also a friend, but Bitcoin was my idea. I'm the architect of it. He helped me with some of the trimmings and and I'm happy to deal with that. Yeah. But but he does not get 50% of, of my, my invention. You, you, you interviewed Craig, right? I did. did you but, not? But yeah. I did. And, and by the way, yeah. we had a great time together. Tell Phenomenal conversation. To, I just... I enjoy talking to him, but I got to tell you, afterwards, after yeah. interviewing Craig Wright, there's only been about, well, I can't say that. He's probably in the top 10 interviews that I got the most DMs, emails, tweets, oh, yeah. people pissed off about having Craig Wright on. So go back into why you think it is Craig Wright, because there's a lot of different names that you hear about. Why why him? Sure. So this really should be prefaced with the Bitcoin Civil War. This is this is why. This okay. is not this is not just a cultural disagreement thing. Mm-hmm. This is this is Israel versus Palestine kind of stuff. Oh, Sunni Shia, Ex- I mean, this is exactly. they're this, never going to agree on anything. Exactly. So the the reason that I think it's Craig Wright, first of all, is that every other potential candidate makes absolutely zero sense. So people bring up like Nick Zabo or they bring up uh, even Hal Finney. Hal Finney, what's up with that? Hal, Hal Finney's a very cool guy. He's a very talented software engineer. He fundamentally disagreed with Satoshi in public. I mean, you can read their conversations. Mm-hmm. Hal Finney didn't understand Bitcoin. He was a software engineer and very talented and Satoshi gave him software work to do. None of this is contentious, but Hal never understood Bitcoin. He argued with Satoshi about how it should be Wait, wait, so Satoshi does exist? Satoshi absolutely exists. He yes. exists? Yes. Oh, so Dan okay. Pena is full of shit. First time ever. <laughs> First time ever. He does. Dan Pena? <laughs> Dan Pena. I First time I full of shit. Would, First time. He's been yeah. right about literally everything I, yeah. always. I like I Dan Pena, but so. but I, I think he's you know missing why? the boat here. You're a, you're a pussy. <laughs> so, so the other guys, like they look at Bitcoin and they say, ah, it's got security problems. Everybody would need to run a node. It can't scale. And Satoshi always argued with these guys. No, 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 no. It can scale. No, you do not need to run a node. Only people that are trying to mine coins need to run a node. So there's this big disagreement on all these definitions in Bitcoin. So we can't even get past 
the basic presuppositions of what is Bitcoin, how is Bitcoin, yeah. all of that. This, a, this sounds like an Iron Sorkin and movie. And it's been this from, is, it's been from social day one. So the very first response, when Satoshi put the white paper out and said, hi, I'm Satoshi, I've solved the double spend problem, here's the Bitcoin white paper, the first guy came out to say, well, here's why it doesn't work. And they have this this rant that is, is very typical, even in social media today. Well, it can't scale because everyone would need to run a node, and then it, it would have this problem, and then you can't propagate blocks and blah, blah, blah. And Satoshi basically gave the big blocker version. This is the side of Bitcoin that I fall on of saying, no, absolutely not. Bitcoin could do visa-level transactions today with existing hardware. And he explained the basics on how, but he didn't go really deeply into it. And he said, but nonetheless, the network hasn't even launched yet. But don't worry, nodes can consolidate into commercial operations where everyone connects into what is essentially what we know today as a mining pool and describes out all the ways that it can scale and how it should work. And people started to fight immediately. So the very first conversation was actually the opening shots of the Bitcoin civil war. And we haven't gotten past it. And then Satoshi very suddenly disappeared in late 2010. So the, the white paper came out in 2008, late 2008, and then he was gone by 2010. Largely forced out, basically sick of bickering is the way that I see it, because it was everybody saying, ah, Satoshi, you don't get it. And he's just saying, like, don't tell me what I don't get about the thing that I architected. Hmm. And then at some point, he just said, you know what? I have so many other things to do. I'm going to pass the keys to uh, Gavin Andreessen. He's the new lead developer. You guys are... Okay. And then he specifically said, stop referring to me as a shadowy figure and stop treating Bitcoin like uh, crime money, that kind of thing. Like, that's not what he was interested in. And so then Satoshi was gone. And then immediately his, his repo was moved from SourceForge and put onto GitHub and a bunch of new people were put in charge. And then all of his stuff was burned down. The history of Satoshi was whitewashed. And then it turned into, hey, here's this big uh, investment opportunity. And by the way, we're, we're creating this new voting process with soft forks and, mm -hmm. and Bitcoin improvement uh, proposal systems. And we're going to have uh, this, this group of maintainers. And so it turned from governance by proof of work, which is, in my opinion, the most important thing that's been invented in the last probably 50 years. And then it turned into what is essentially a, a social democracy, which is everything wrong with money today is the fact that there are gatekeepers and people can vote on it. And some of the votes happen behind closed doors. And then people are, are given this illusion of voting with their quote unquote nodes, but they're not actually voting. Like what they've been given to vote on is already the, the milk toast that has been approved by let's, various let's, levels let's, of gatekeepers. Let's step, back. let's step back a little bit because I, I want to keep this simple for the audience to understand it. So uh, uh, simplify story. Craig Wright says he, he's the only person that's come out and said he's Satoshi Nakamoto, right? I don't think he's not. There are other people that have claimed they are. Who else has? That's a credible name. Who else has? Because no, no, nobody credible. Everyone else has fallen give me apart some, under scrutiny. Give me the biggest uh, name that came out that said that. Phil, Phil Wilson is probably the most interesting okay. guy. Phil Wilson, for the record, also says, well, yeah, it was me and Craig and Dave. So even Phil, who I think is kind of a sketchy character, he's another Australian fellow, mm -hmm. and, and he tells the story, uh, it was me. Craig Wright and Dave Kleiman. Um, the interesting thing is that uh, Phil Wilson worked at some of the same companies as contractors and stuff as Craig. So one of the big reasons why I really think that it's Craig is, A, Craig has a background in statistics, finance, economics, theology. He's, he's, he's got, I don't even know, half a dozen PhDs. He's got another 20 this master's degrees. Craig Wright. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. So, but Craig goes on BBC and he's going to put in the keys and show the fact that he owns this. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh shit, you know, it's not working. Right. And it was a bit of a, uh, you know, a controversial issue because if you really say you are Satoshi Nakamoto and you go on BBC and you kind of, you know, flip flop, yeah. not able to show it, 
he lost a lot of credibility that There's, day. It, and indeed, and and this is why even to this day he's he's among the most contentious people in in the space. They look at it and say, if you couldn't prove it then, you can't prove it ever. You're definitely not Satoshi Nakamoto. I think that's unfair. But the reason that I think it's unfair is is specifically because I mean there's a million reasons why that that could be. And I think that if he was a scammer, if this was all false, he would have disappeared at that point. Like who wouldn't, right? If it's but, like but, but okay, the jig me, is up, I'm out. Let me give the question <laughs> back to you. Okay. Uh, 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 everybody in this room. Just a question for everybody in this room. Okay, you ready? Uh, uh, how many guys have forgotten your Chase or Bank of America or Wells Fargo password? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have you? Yeah. Okay. Have you? Have you no. ever? Have you ever? Yes, you have. Uh, you have. You have as well. You have as well. Okay. Uh, uh, would we put uh, a guy named Craig Wright with ten PhDs as one of the smartest guys if he really created? Uh, 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 Bitcoin, you'd have to put him as one of the smartest guys out there, right? Sure. Okay, if he's one of the smartest guys out there that produced a revolutionary product. By the way, mm-hmm. I want to believe it's him. I, I enjoy talking to him. I can't have yep. him, wait to have him back on a podcast and have the conversation with him. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, the question that people bring up is, how does that guy forget it? Because the amount of money that he has is, how much is, is the money that he has? Like $54 billion or something? No, uh, no, it's bigger than that two, now. $252 billion is yeah. what it was That's estimated what he, in court. He would be the second yeah. richest man in the world. Maybe the richest man today because uh, yep. Tesla took but a that, hit. That's, yep. So so if you're, if that is like... But that's why some people think that he forgot the, the, the key as well, so that they can't actually see, go in and see exactly how much he had, how many hundreds of thousands of coins he had in pre-mining. I mean, if he well, wasn't, there it wasn't pre-mined. It was it was public. It was it was said three months before, like, hey, mining starts sometime in the future. Let's get set up like that. That was the point of coming even out with early. his partners, Pat. I mean, like, like the guy Calvin Air is the interesting guy to me, man. Like, I mean, who, who financed all this? And if you financed all this, do you own Bitcoin? Like, do you have an ownership state? If you financed everything, are you the owner of Bitcoin? If you financed everything? And if you know anything about Calvin Air, if people that don't know Calvin Air, go follow his Twitter. He's a very interesting character. He's an interesting character. He's a and he's a serious disruptor. He he he's the guy that brought internet to half of Canada. Uh, he took the money that he made from that and and created a software company that disrupted the gambling industry. Mm-hmm. Then he basically took over the online gambling industry with Bodog and, and became the number one online gambling mogul. Period. He also in, invented uh, a number of things that ended up competing with PayPal and things like that back mm-hmm. in the day, which is why he got into the Bitcoin Pretty space, incredible but. stuff. Also has a predilection for females that even Dan Bilzerian's like, I don't know, bro, that's a little young. I, you know, uh, some of this stuff has come up in the past, and the people that have brought it up have ended up having to uh, pay restitution and things to Calvin. So it's... There, there are accusations and nothing's been nothing's ever been proven. Charges have never come out or any of that. And he happily shares the pictures across Twitter mm-hmm. and very much understands the legality issues that that would arise should these things be, uh, you know, illegal. Mm-hmm. So I, I. So if you enjoyed this little short segment from the podcast that we did, here's another short segment to watch. Or if you want to see the entire podcast, click over here. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. So while there won't be any legal pressure unless Mr. Wright proves ownership of the Nakamoto Bitcoins, most people in the Bitcoin world will will continue to dismiss these claims. And until somebody moves those Bitcoins, it isn't likely that anybody will be accepted as Bitcoin's true creator. Because the way to prove that your Satoshi Nakamoto is simply move the Bitcoins from the Bitcoin wallet to your own Bitcoin wallet or another Bitcoin wallet. Because a Bitcoin wallet is like a safety deposit box. Unless you have the key, you cannot get into it and it will remain locked. So if you're Satoshi Nakamoto... 
easiest way to prove it is to get all in bitcoins however the caveat to that however is if you've lost the code or the key to get into the wallet because I, I remember reading somewhere someone stated that possibly there and I may actually go into it later in this podcast one of the reasons people speculate that Satoshi Nakamoto never went back into his bitcoin wallet was because he lost the key to it and that's why he hasn't gone into it or because of how many are in there if somebody did touch it and him being the creator of bitcoin many people would be watching him so he just left it as a lost cause it's kind of like finding a it's like finding a, a hidden stash of millions of dollars and then you realize oh crap you know if i take this somebody's gonna know i've taken it and then i'm gonna be hunted down for the rest of my life so it's kind of like do i take it do i leave it or i've created this thing and now i've lost the the key to enter my wallet so there's various reasons why i think the satoshi nakamoto never went back to his millions of, of bitcoins is because either a he didn't want to go back to it for fear of being traced and people finding out who he was and not only that but government agencies as well and also i think the other reason might be that he lost the, the key to get into the wallet could be either one but but again it's all just speculation at this point now we come to some of the other candidates. So in a 2011 article in the New Yorker, Joshua Davis claimed to have narrowed down the identity of Nakamoto to a number of possible individuals, including the Finnish economic sociologist Dr. Vili Lidovitra and Irish student Michael Clear, who was in 2008 an undergrad student in cryptography at Trinity College Dublin. Clear strongly denied he was Nakamoto, as did Lidon Triva. I do apologize if I get those names wrong. In October of 2011, writing for Fast Company, investigative journalist Adam Penneberg cited circumstantial evidence suggesting Neil King, Vladimir Oxman, and Charles Bray could be Nakamoto. They jointly filed a patent application that contained the phrase, Computationally Impractical to Reverse in 2008, which was also used in the Bitcoin white paper by Nakamoto. The domain name Bitcoin.org was registered three days after the patent was filed. All three men denied being Nakamoto when contacted by Penenberg. In May of 2013, Ted Nelson speculated that Nakamoto was Japanese mathematician Shinshi Mochuki. Later, an article was published in the Age newspaper that claimed that Mochuki denied these speculations without elaborating a source for the denial. A 2013 article in Vice listed Gavin Anderson, Jed McCaleb, or a government agency as possible candidates to be Nakamoto. Again, in 2013, two Israeli mathematicians, Dorit Ron and Adi Shmir, published a paper claiming a link between Nakamoto and Ross Ulbricht, who was the famous Dread Pirate Roberts that ran the infamous Silk Road drug website on the deep web. The two based their suspicions on an analysis of the network of Bitcoin transactions, but later retracted their claim. Yet again, in 2016, the Financial Times said that Nakamoto might have been a group of people, mentioning Hal Finney, Nick Sarsbo, and Adam Back as potential members. In 2020, the YouTube channel Bealy Sociable claimed that Adam Back, inventor of Bitcoin predecessor Hashcash, is Nakamoto. Back subsequently denied this claim. Elon Musk denied he was Nakamoto in a tweet on the 28th of November 2017, responding to speculation the previous week in a Medium.com post by a former SpaceX intern. I like how you said um, around 2008, so you're not, uh, you know, some people suggested you might be Satoshi Nakamoto, you previously said you're not. Let, let me I'm ask. Not. You're not, for sure. Would you, would, you, would you tell us if you were? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you think it's a feature or a bug that he's anonymous or she or they? It's an interesting kind of quirk of human history that there is a particular technology that is a completely anonymous inventor or creator. Well, I mean, you can you can look at the 
um, evolution of ideas um, before the launch of Bitcoin and see who wrote, you know, about those ideas. Um, and then I like, I don't know exactly, obviously I don't know who, who created Bitcoin for practical purposes, but the evolution of ideas is, is pretty clear before that. And like, it seems as though like Nick Szabo uh, is probably more than anyone else uh, responsible for the evolution of those ideas. So you know, he claims not to be Nakamoto, but I'm not sure that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, but he he seems to be the one more responsible for the ideas behind Bitcoin than anyone else. So it's not perhaps like singular figures aren't even as important as the the figures involved in the evolution of ideas that led to a thing. So yeah, yeah, it's you know, most <clears throat> perhaps it's sad to think about history, but maybe most names will be forgotten anyway. What is the name anyway? It's a name a name attached to an idea. What does it even mean, really? In 2019, journalist Evan Ratliff claimed a drug dealer, Paul Lee Raux, could be Nakamoto. In 2021, developer Evan Hatch proposed cyberpunk Len Sassman of Kosick as a potential candidate. So why did Satoshi Nakamoto decide to remain anonymous? Well, as it turns out, experimenting in new forms of currency is not without its consequences. In 1998, Hawaiian resident Bernard von Nothaus dabbled in a fledging form of currency called Liberty Dollars to disastrous results. He was charged with violating federal law and sentenced to six months of house arrest along with a three-year probation. In 2011, one of the first digital currencies, e-gold, was shut down amid contentious circumstances by the government on grounds of money laundering. In January, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen suggested steps that could be taken to curtail Bitcoin. If the inventor of Bitcoin wants to remain anonymous, it's for good reason. By maintaining anonymity, they've avoided adverse legal consequences, making their anonymity at least partially responsible for the currency's success. Besides, one of the founding principles of Bitcoin is that it's a decentralized currency, untethered to copious institutions or individuals. In his original proposition on Bitcoin, Nakamoto wrote, and I quote, What is needed is an electronic payment system based on cryptographic proof instead of trust, allowing any two willing parties to transact directly with each other without the need for a trusted third party, end quote. According to a public filing from top U.S. digital currency trading platform Coinbase, if Nakamoto chose to come forward, it could cause Bitcoin's value to plummet. Much of the mystery surrounding Nakamoto involves his motivations. Why would someone go to the trouble of creating a detailed and brilliant decentralized currency only to later completely disappear from the public view? A closer look at one of Nakamoto's original postings on the proposal of Bitcoin sheds some light on his possible motivations. You see, in February of 2009, Nakamoto wrote, and I quote, The root problem with conventional currency is all the trust that's required to make it work. The central bank must be trusted not to debase the currency, but the history of fiat currencies is full of breaches of that trust. Banks must be trusted to hold our money and transfer it electronically, but they lend it out in waves of credit bubbles with barely a fraction in reserve. We have to trust them with our privacy, trust them not to the identity thieves drain our accounts, end quote. In Bitcoin forums, it's been speculated that Nakamoto might be a libertarian and hates the corrupt rich people and politicians. Other Bitcoin enthusiasts suggest the timing of Bitcoin's emergence is a clear indication of its raisin diate. The currency, which was created in the years following the housing bubble burst in 2007, might have been invented as a means of disrupting the corrupted banking system. Now we're going to get into some of the well-known facts about Satoshi Nakamoto. 
So they were a genius. In a New Yorker article from 2011, a top internet security researcher describes Bitcoin code as an instructable execution that nears perfection. Quote, only the most paranoid painstaking coder in the world could avoid making mistakes. End quote. They speak fluent English. Nakamoto has written extensively about Bitcoin, authoring close to 80,000 words on the subject in the course of two years. His work reads like that of a native English speaker. They might be British. Judging by their spelling and their use of British colloquialisms, they refer to their apartment as a flat and call the subject Math Maths. It's thought they might hail from the UK. The other reason and thought process behind this is the timing of his post seemed to indicate this fact as well. It's been pointed out that Nakamoto posted during UK daylight hours. One of the other facts is they might be more than one person. The foolproof brilliance of Bitcoin's code have left many wondering if it isn't the work of a team of developers. Bitcoin security researcher Dan Kaminsky says Nakamoto, quote, could either be a team of people or a genius, end quote. To this day, the true identity of Satoshi Nakamoto remains unknown. With that, this case remains open, but with many unanswered questions, it still remain unanswered. I'm your host, and this has been the Unanswered Questions Podcast. Until next time. Next on Unanswered Questions. Medical examiners determined he died from multiple and severe injuries consistent with a fall from a height, but they made no ruling as to homicide, suicide, or an accident. Instead, they deemed it and declared it undetermined because the circumstances surrounding the incident were, and still are, very unclear. 